circulate between know, like, trust, and sell. Like, this is something I see artists making this mistake. They say, I really want to post this photo of my cat. That's totally fine. But if you're trying to do a marketing strategy, that might not attract the type of people that you want to attract. But that's cool if you want to do that. Like, I'm not judging people who do that. It's just with my marketing strategy, like, I need to be able to get new followers and I need, I have these goals that I want to meet. The Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, we break down the art of healthy hustling, overcoming the inner critic, and growing your creative business. What's going on? You're listening to episode 194 of the Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective, and my mission is to help you grow a fulfilling, profitable, and sustainable creative side hustle or whatever your creative pursuits may be. At the end of each episode, I plug a listener of the week, so stick around to figure out how you can get a permanent shout out on a future episode. Real quick, are you fed up with feeling like no one cares about what you're putting into this world? If so, go download the free Engage Community Guide over at engagecommunityguide.com. My goal with this free tool is to help you build a foundation for attracting and building an engaged community full of the right people that support you and the work that lights you up. I want you to consider this as an appetizer to the big entree I'm working on that I'm going to be dropping on January 13th. Originally it was December, but I moved it back due to the craziness of the world and the holidays. So January 13th, you're not going to want to miss that. But again, download your free Engage Community Guide at engagecommunityguide.com. How would an extra source of income benefit you during these uncertain times? Or even when time seems certain, would you be able to pay off some extra debt? Would you be able to save for a rainy day fund? Would you be able to invest in your own creative business? This is all possible for you. And you can do this through the world of generating passive income off of digital products. And luckily for you, as well as me, today's guest is an expert in this world and wants to help empower and equip you to make it happen for yourself as well. We have Molly Jakes back on the show today. She's made a name for herself in the commercial art design world, creating work for clients like Target, Nike, the New York Times, and Disney, to name a few. But she's made some significant shifts within the last year in her business, which you'll hear about, which now focuses on helping creatives like you and I make good money, creating intentional digital products that actually serve and make an impact on your ideal audience. In today's episode, Molly and I cover getting started creating digital products, being curious and embracing new uncomfortable seasons in life, the no like, trust, sell content strategy, you're not going to want to miss that one, creatively thriving in a non-traditional world, and freelancing, passive income, creative marketing, and so much more. If you're ready to break the starving artist mentality and turn on the marketing biz switch, then this episode is for you. But before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by Garm Company. Garm stands for Graphic Artist Resource Merchant Company, is a boutique-style shop for designer tools, resources, and goods crafted together with some of the most talented designers in the game, like Susanna Rios, Kendrick Kidd, Derek Castle, Tim Barron, and Jason Craig, to name a few. Their textures, brushes, fonts, and courses help you achieve that highly desired professional polish while saving you tons of time and not breaking your bank. And we want to hook you up by visiting garmcompany.com slash scotty and using promo code pizza20, that's P-I-Z-Z-A-2-0, to take 20% off your purchase. And what's great about this is that this promo code even works on future sale items. So a little extra bonus savings for you. So shout out to Garm Company. Thanks, Amir. And also shout out to you Patreon supporters who financially back the show like my family at Iron Bean Coffee Company does. 
With as little as your weekly cup of coffee, your support directly helps the show continue to grow, which allows me to invest in the podcast team, equipment, as well as hosting. To learn more about how you can back the show and the rewards for pledging, visit patreon.com slash perspective podcast. We couldn't do what we do without you. So thank you. And one final note, if you found value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you took the time to take a screenshot or a video of you working to this in the background and tag both me and Molly Jakes over on Instagram stories. That way we can connect and I can reshare the love back. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. Peace, family. Today, we have Molly Jakes on the show again. Welcome back to the Perspective Podcast for round two. It's great to have you back and a chance to catch up. It's been way too long. What's new with you? How are you doing today? Scotty, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to reconnect. It's been quite a crazy year. It really has been. A lot has changed since we last chatted, uh, and I can't wait to talk more about it today and hear more about what's going on in your life with your business, with your family, everything. It's mostly going to be about you. And like, we talked a little bit on the side and I feel like we could have just like dug in, but I'm like, no, let's, let's, we got to save this. We got to save this for the chat. Okay. So for those who don't know, one, you were back on the episode. So if people want like to really get to know you, I don't want to do too much like surface level shit with this today. I want to go deep. So it's been a smidgen over a year since you've been on. More specifically, episode 145 dropped October 30th of 2019. Wow, it's really been that long. It's been that long. So if you could just give us that brief Wikipedia page summary and then let's catch us up on what's happened in your world for like over the last year and then let's really, really, really dive in. Yes, for sure. So again, thanks so, so much for having me on the show. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with me and my work, up until very recently, I have been well known as a freelance hand lettering artist. Um, and I work commercially. I work with lots of different brands creating custom hand lettering. Um, I'm also well known for my expertise on passive income for creatives. And most recently, I have transitioned into the education field and bringing more education on the arts to students around the world. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And that's, so I found you more when you're in that lettering phase, because I was lettering, you know, hey, I want to be known as a lettering artist and I want to have all these, all the clout with all the lettering people and do big time freelance with big time brands. And I'm like, maybe that's just not for me. And so I pivot off into this different world. And then I see you this year just completely like changing the game and inspiring me like, hey, if she can do it, like, why can't I, why am I so scared to like step into this new realm of what I'm supposed to be doing that can make a bigger impact on people. And so 2020 has just been a wild ride in general. And I want to know why you've made such a massive shift, especially like with the pandemic and how you've been able to navigate some of these things. Yeah, for sure. So it's just been, being an artist has been, as my profession has been such a wild ride and so many different seasons of life. And, you know, when I started out my career, um, I didn't even really want to be a lettering artist. Like that wasn't something that I had planned for myself. I had planned to be an illustrator and I had this idea of what that was going to look like for me um, and what it looked like for anyone kind of who went into illustration. When I was in school, they said, this is what your career path is going to look like, right? 
And in my head, I don't know why I always thought of freelance, even when I was in college, but I did think of things that way. Particularly, I wanted to go to children's book illustration. Um, and then I just quickly learned like the industry is not what you think it is. Like until you start, like there's all these theories about it. Sorry, my dog is shaking in the other room. My cat's um, probably gonna jump up here eventually, so. That's okay, I love all the animals. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I had a different perspective and a different idea of what freelancing and being a self-employed artist was going to look like. And so I sort of just ruled with the punches over the years, I fell into it and I got really used to working with different types of clients. I started off doing wedding calligraphy, moved over into the commercial side of things. I'm so glad I did. It brought different types of opportunities. I got to work with different types of clients. Um, and I, I had, I've been doing that for like over 10 years now, a long time. And it, I think that, so they say, whoever they is. I remember when I was in school, people were like, all the professors were saying the average time span of an artist's career is about 10 years, which is crazy. Because I, I could continue, I continue to take on freelance work now. Um, but now when I'm looking back on it, that little blippet of information has shifted for me because you have this idea that, at least at that point I did that, oh, it's 10 years and that means that they just become culturally irrelevant or their, their um, artistic voice is no longer um, stylish, nobody wants it when really that's actually not it. I think for a lot of artists, it's just you transition into different seasons of life. Your, your curiosity changes, your goals change, um, and life just changes. And it's changed completely since the rise of the smartphone and social media and things like that. And so after I've been doing it for 10 years, I just started to think to myself, okay, I'm in a totally new place. The stuff I was doing before, it's just, I'm not, I, I don't have the same type of curiosity that I do, but there's these other things that I have tons of curiosity for and passion for. And I've always been something that brings me a lot of joy is um, empowering others and making them feel really good about themselves, making them feel like they can do something that is worthwhile. And what a lot of people don't know about me is that I actually do a lot of photography on the side. So I do a lot of photography for my husband's business. And one of the reasons I was trying to figure out what is it about this that I really like that brings me joy and why do I even like it and how can I bring more of that into my life? And it's because when I take good photos of people, right? Like when they, they look good on camera, they feel good. Most people don't have really nice photos of themselves. And then when they see it, they feel really good and confident. And I'm like, that's why I feel good about taking those photos. I like making them feel confident. And they should feel confident because they're badasses and look awesome climbing in these photos. And so I've, I've always felt the same way about empowering upcoming artists. Like I've been a teacher pretty much since like 2012 because I started teaching calligraphy back then. And I've always loved it. I love seeing people get excited about their work. They see progress, whether how small it is. And so kind of that shift has pulled me through everything. So even if a lot of my interests changes, I think the thing that like really brings joy, that pillar and who I am and like what, you know, draws me into doing something is that is like empowering people, bringing joy, helping them self-actualize, like that's a big thing. And I think that's where that natural transition from freelancing full-time to freelancing part-time to eventually like weaning out freelance work and just being someone who is now saying, I have all this knowledge. I've worked with all these people that you want to work with. 
how can I help you work with those people now? And I can make money doing that. And I can like find joy in doing that and still create. Make a way bigger impact than just here's one client that I'm shuffling through tables. Like you're at a restaurant, one client out the door, one client out the door, retainer clients, whatever. That's cool too. It's just not me right now. You have articulated everything I've been like trying to put into words since like late 2018 where just the freelance route just wasn't feeling it. I felt like there was just something else more and the imposter syndrome of like, you know, I've been a coach for football and all these other things and personal trainer, but like being a coach in the creative world just felt like imposter, like gross. People aren't going to take me seriously. And it took me a while to step into that. But how you articulate it is curiosity and different seasons. You flip in a new chapter, you know, and it's time to embrace things. And that's the words I've been looking for of how I felt. I just couldn't describe it. Yeah. And I, I think that who you are as a human, it, it's there's no one like you, Scotty. So it's cool because you have all of this like life experience, right? That has accumulated and brought you, you to the place where you are, where you can really make an impact on other people and lift them up and help them meet their goals in ways that I can't and ways that other people can't. And it's crazy because people always are so quick to get um, get in this place where they say, oh, this, this industry is so saturated. There's so many people like doing creative coaching, but there's not, there's really not enough people doing it. And it's clearly shown in just, in so many different things, but particularly how artists, many artists out there do not have the skills to like price their work accordingly or have the confidence to be able to reach out to clients that they want to work with. They're like, I'm not good enough. Like on my Instagram the other day, I did, I think it was a reel. One of the, we were talking about reels before we started recording. I did this reel about, um, it, oh, it was sample pricing and negotiation. So for anyone watching this, you should go check out this reel because it's actually really great. It's a sample pricing and negotiation template that I presented. And what it was, was for um, an illustration job, an editorial illustration job, right? And so- This was a carousel, I thought. It might've been. It was a carousel because yeah, because my Hannah, shout out to Hannah, my podcast um, social media manager reposted that thing and that thing was getting some mad traction with the negotiation lingo in between it, the wiggle room. Yes, the wiggle, people love which is great that was dude that was such a killer carousel and like it's so helpful it's just it's in little bite-sized information of being taught on how to price in a world that people are so competitive and secretive in oh they are and so um i i had a lot of traction on that post which is great because people need to be able to see real numbers they need to be able to see words like wiggle room because the way you talk about things makes an impact it makes an influence on um, how you are perceived by your client, how you think of yourself, like your own self-confidence. And I had one person post on it. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of, why don't you do another post with a more realistic client? And in my head, I was thinking, I, I commented back because at first I was like, this person, I think it was kind of supposed to be like a eye roll thing. But in my head, I'm like, I commented back and I said, well, what's a more realistic client for you? But what I was kind of thinking is like, wow, that sucks that that person doesn't think that this is a realistic client for them when it absolutely should be. Because get, if you are a freelance illustrator and you don't take on editorial work, like that's kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of crazy to me because that is something that like as an illustrator, 
unless you're very, very niche and you say, I only do this one thing, which is kind of difficult because then you're limiting yourself. But it's like, this should be something that any illustrator could say, this is accessible for me. I should have the skills to be able to negotiate with a publishing company. Like, it's, I, I felt like that comment was kind of like, what? Watch that comment, like, manifested from a mindset of lack. Yeah. You know, like I couldn't do that. So, but I think she can do it. I think if she, if she kind of just altered that mindset and it, it more so is probably from a place of frustration, like feeling like, oh, I'm seeing all these other people making this seem no, so nonchalant, like, ooh, working in publishing. It's like, well, it's not, I'm not nonchalant about it, but this is like when you are working, when you are picking up traction, when you're starting to get new clients this should be something that is your bread and butter that is not something that is like not accessible right and that's the big thing is so i don't i don't thrive or operate in the world of freelance you know i i dabbled in it i could have done great if i really 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 wanted it but i think that's why we could compete right now if we really wanted to we could see each other as competitors i'm like no i think what we do complements each other's yeah structure and goals and vision and philosophies perfectly so like if i have someone really struggling with freelancing and price and stuff i'm like dude i'm gonna send you over to molly i'll give you as much as i can know but i'm gonna let me introduce you to someone else who's like thrived in this world and mine's more relatable as here's your nine to five what are you gonna do outside of it you have this creative calling you maybe you didn't go to a fancy art school maybe i can teach you mm -hmm. and honestly that's like not really like where my strengths lie like i i think i have a different skill set and that's just what makes that's just this illusion that there's not enough room for everybody. It's it's really just an illusion. And it usually is coming from people who are constantly copying other people or are too afraid to, I, I, I hate even making these big broad statements. It often is coming from people who are like, not really taking time to step back and say, okay, well, what's my place in this community? How am I different? Not that I need to prove myself to be different, but like, how can I find the courage to be able to like figure out what my strengths are and not try to be somebody else. There it is right there. The difference between a starving artist and a thriving artist, in my opinion, is the ability to like turn on the marketing and business switch. Oh yeah. That's the biggest thing. If you want to win in life, you, you got to sell. I love the art, art, it's the, selling something is an art form, but selling something you believe in and not a snake oil salesman. And I think that's where you thrive in. You're selling yourself, but in a great way of positioning, you know your superpower, you know your secret sauce, you know the value you provide, and you know how to communicate it with people. And you know what you're worth to stand your ground and not take shit from someone. And you know your negotiation, your wiggle room. Like yours is the stuff I wish I had in the beginning of when I was like freelancing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that's, all like this, the knowledge that I've accumulated over the years, it's not, not just like poof, I know how to do this stuff or I'm like pulling it out of my butt. I'm not. Literally, here's the course that came from my butt. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is my butt course. Um, I'm sure some people would take that, but. <laughs> <laughs> and it would not I be a shitty course. It would be a shitty course. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to, like, I have to say that a lot of the knowledge that I've accumulated and the things that I've gotten really good at I have to attribute those things to, first of all, like so many different stuff, right? Like, and I, we talked about this last time, like making your own luck, but like balancing that, this idea of like, what are your privileges? Like I was, I was uh, privileged enough to go to a fancy schmancy art school. My parents were well off. They sent me to art school. 
I learned these XYZ things in ways that other people might not get that experience more than anything, the connections that I made at art school. So like, because I was privileged and went to this high-end school, I essentially made connections with some of the greatest artists in the country. Like, And I'm like polar opposite for anybody hearing this right now, but yet look at us still bridge the gap together. Absolutely, absolutely. And people can do it without going to art school. And while it put me at an advantage for some things, it put me at a huge disadvantage for other things because my husband and I, you know, going out of art school, we were both gonna be illustrators. We were like over $100,000 in debt. and than going into the art world. So that's a huge disadvantage, but also with, you know, you gotta figure out, okay, how can I overcome these things? How can I use my privilege for good? And also like how I've accumulated a lot of this knowledge in terms of the industry and how to negotiate what pricing is standard and why I don't think clients are really trying to take advantage of artists. It's because of all the experience that I've had and particularly because of my art rep, Joni Bernstein. And I've worked with her Oh my gosh, for so long, I think I started working with her in like 2013 or 2014. And she was the one, she essentially has been my mentor for my entire career. You had a guide and a coach in a sense and a consultant. Yeah. A hundred percent. She's been my mentor through all of it. And I was lucky enough to, you know, create a relationship with an art rep that was like very personable. And it wasn't like an agency where there was this disconnect. And she always was open to talking to me about pricing. She would like let me in on the negotiations. She would ask for my input. She, if I ever um, suggested a price where I'm like, well, I really want this job. She's like, Molly, we're not going in on that price. That's ridiculous. That's not what these clients pay. And so she's the one who essentially educated me on all this. And she has been in the graphic arts industry and like working with big clients, big brands, ad agencies. Um, Man, she, I think she's been doing it for like over 30 years and like people know her, they know her name and I trust her. And so therefore now that I have all this information and I've had these mentors in my life, I feel confident coming to my students with the skill set that I do have. I don't have all the skills, but best believe I know pricing and negotiation. You know your shit, you know what you're good at. So, and here's an important takeaway too. I feel like I can parallel to someone Maybe you don't have an art rep or something like that. Sure, you can go suck up all this free content Molly has, but I think what you most importantly said is you got to invest in yourself. Find a guide, find coaches, find courses that align with what you're needing and what you're struggling with and the the direction you want to steer your ship and where you see yourself in 10 years. So invest in yourself, which can be scary in a pandemic, which I kind of want to pivot to right now is... How has the pandemic, the Rona, impacted you and your business, freelance, and kind of the moves you've been making and the transitions you've then made from it? Because I feel like you turned a negative into a positive and where your business has shifted. I, I would be apprehensive to say that I have turned a negative into a positive, but I would say that things have shifted and perhaps I've turned a negative. From outside appearance, it looks like things are going well in this new world that I've been like studying you make in the moves you've been making. So. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. And I, I think that um, in terms of viewing people on social media, that that's absolutely true. Um, it has been going well, but like anything in life, I, I like to approach it with this idea that perhaps it's good because we never know the outcomes of the decisions and the paths that we take. Right. So I decided to move away from freelancing 
at the beginning of 2020. This was before the pandemic. And it was such a huge thing for me, very bittersweet, because I, I had been wanting to like move away from freelancing for probably the past two years. Why was that? And just like a short condensed reason why just losing the curiosity of it and felt called to pursue something else? Yeah, I think so. Because and who knows, I might take on client work in a different way with a different style with something like that. Um, but it just be kind of became too repetitive for me. So like doing the same type of lettering work all the time, even if I'm being called to do a different style of lettering, it's just kind of a similar thing every single time for me. And I think I was craving something a little bit more, a little bit more creative freedom where I can like, I can create the things that I want to create. And, um, instead of doing client work. So, but it's not like, it's not like it was all this clear light bulb that went off. It was this very ambiguous thought that I had for myself. And it probably just kept growing and growing and growing. It did. Yeah. You had to listen to your gut. And I knew that I was making really good money doing my digital products. And it was much more passive than doing client work. And it was bringing me a lot of joy because I got to be able to connect with real individuals rather than quote unquote clients and problem solve is a big thing for me. Like understanding like what people want, how I can empower people, how I can work within a system that I don't necessarily, um, you know, love. I don't necessarily love the economic system that we have here in the United States, but there are also areas of it that I think I can really benefit and I can help other people. And so there's, there's good and bad. So it was this natural transition at the beginning of 2020. And so then I told my art rep this right at the beginning and then the pandemic hit and then kind of everything went crazy because it went crazy for everybody. It's been really difficult. Um, but I ended up taking off like five months or something of work, like a really long time to watch my child, Juniper. And my husband and I, we were navigating a lot of feelings, a lot of um, like precariousness because his business was shut down because we own our climbing gym. And clearly people aren't going to be like climbing around, giving each other coronavirus. And so that's really scary. We were like, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm watching Juniper and like, I stopped taking client, like taking clients, but I'm also, it's just like this weird middle point. And I'm just really grateful that I continued with my digital products because that passive income fueled this entire pandemic for our family. Um, while my husband's business was closed and while I had to take five months off and I'm just really, really grateful for that. Were you actively creating anything in the five months or was it just, you had your set passive income digital products set up and those were doing well and not actively like creating new things in the meantime, cause you just didn't have the bandwidth. I didn't have the bandwidth and I wouldn't say that my products and like my sales were doing as well as they usually do because I didn't have a huge part of like what I do is I have to be present on social media and to enable, um, to be able to get more sales and what I do, like the passive income, I have to at least be finding new clients and like getting the word out there in some way, because you can only, you can only market so much to your, like your followers. Right. And then it just kind of like goes on cold ears. So I was doing what I could and it was, uh, I still was getting sales and that was so great because it helped pull us through um, the five months that I took off, but it's been a wild ride, crazy. And now that I've been able to get back into it again, it's just, it's been incredible. Like, I'm so glad that I did because it's bringing me so much joy being able to co like connect with 
um, our community and um, people like you. And I'm all about curiosity. I say that word all the time. And to see this like new season of life open up with all these uncertainties, I might fail. It might be a total flop, but at least I tried. And I think most people are in a place right now where everything is so precarious that we're kind of like, I'm here for it. I'm just going to try it. Who cares if it fails? Because we're already going through a pandemic. Why I'm so fascinated about, I'm glad I like keyed in on people like you over the years and how you run, I hate the word funnel and all that stuff, but like automation and, and the back end of stuff, because that changed my life this year was not only yeah. coaching, going all in on coaching, but like, okay, I've sit here and I've gathered, I know who I'm talking to. I know who the perfect person is for my work. I know their biggest dreams, their biggest struggles, their biggest fears. Holy shit. I got like a Google docs document or a Google sheets of like over a thousand answers with buckets of biggest fears and biggest struggles. And I'm like, how can I serve people now? How can I take this? I know who this is for. How can I now create things to like serve people on a bigger level who may not have access to coaching? Yes. I love that you're doing that. That's incredible. But that's been a, a big game changer. Why I wanted you here just to speak more to the power of passive income, you know, and like, like some specific of like what your business model looks like. Now I could just throw a million things out here. We had kind of briefly talked about on the side, what we could talk about, like, how are you building sales, growing your audience? What's working now, no longer working, um, for you, what's working easily on the outside looking in is your care sales and reels game. Like if you do not see this woman on reels, like her reels and just the presentation, the lighting, the color, uh, it, it's fun, it's gauging, it's, and it's super educational. And then just your carousel game. It's not, I don't go on your page and see tons of lettering anymore, which inspired me. I'm like, if Molly can do this shit and just step into this new realm, why can't I and still like make a huge impact? And now if I post a lettering or drawing piece, it doesn't even perform as well as like a teaching piece, you know? I think you've created a new following, like new types of people are following you. I've, I've lost a lot of followers when I made into this new realm. And now it's like, I, I'm realizing I'm attracting the right people now. And how was that for you when you made that shift? Same thing? Yeah, same thing. Um, it's really interesting. Like, I feel like our creative community is just very accepting and encouraging. And I, I, I feel like I've gotten to know a little bit of like a few of your um, students and people who are part of your coaching program, just from the content that you put out there and shout out to all of your people. Like I, it was so cool being able to like be a guest in your coaching program and talk to them a little bit about pricing and like marketing their work. Um, and yeah, so our community is so accepting and encouraging and especially like, I think the majority of the people who follow me for my content, um, they identify as female and they are always like, yes, girl. And like really want to empower other women to follow what they're passionate about. And so I've, I've always had such a cool crowd of people follow me, but I have noticed that the, the people who follow me have just like shifted and changed a little bit since I've been marketing my work differently. And some of the, um, I've changed a lot of my marketing tactics that I had before, like stuff that wasn't really working. Like what? So specifically, I think that before I kind of, I feel like a lot of my posting and what I talked about, like, oh, what should I post about today? What, how should I get on stories and talk to people? Or how should I approach my newsletter? Um, it was always very arbitrary. Like, oh, I'm going to talk about art. <laughs> right lacking the intent and the strategy in the bigger picture or? 
Yeah, exactly. Yes. No strategy. And now I'm realizing, okay, I need to figure out what my core people are struggling with, like you were saying, and then speak to that and then give that, give them that information, both free and paid and giving them options for that to feel more connected with me to like, trust me as an expert. Like I know my shit. I know about passive income. I know about pricing. And so I've set it up something that has been brilliant for me. Um, is on my social posting, I have made it so, um, I can't remember, I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly where I originally heard this tip, but I think it, uh, I think it was a girl called, oh my gosh, I feel bad not knowing, um, Sugar Punch Marketing, I think her name was. You're, at least you're trying to credit and you're not just taking credit for something that you got from somewhere else. So that alone is good. <laughs> Yeah, I heard this tip from her and it was a free tip. And so this is just why like free information can actually really make a big impact. And so why I've been trying to share more free information. So anyway, she said, when you're producing content, you um, to know what to post, and this just makes it so much easier, do um, circulate between know, like, trust, and sell. And so, and then you just go between all those things. And so I've been trying to do that. So stuff to get to know people. Like this is something I see artists making this mistake. They say, I really want to post this photo of my cat, right? Like I'm watching the office and I'm posting a photo of my cat. And then the next day they post their sketches. And then the next day they post like their latte, right? Cool, that's totally fine. But if you're trying to do a marketing strategy that might not attract the type of people that you want to attract. But that's cool if you want to do that. Like, I'm not judging people who do that. It's just with my marketing strategy, like I need to be able to get new followers and I need, I have these goals that I want to meet. So I circulate between those things and it's been game freaking changer. And then I try, and then you take that, that content. So say I want to do no, like stuff that people need to know about me. This could be my cat that I have two dogs that are in the next room. It could be, you need to know these are the things that I specialize in. Like I am a freelancer. I'm open to be commissioned for art. It's anything you want people to know about you. Um, and then like stuff is like things that make you relatable, like share stuff about you, your personality that actually makes you relatable and really reflects your real personality. Trust, real valuable information. So I talk about pricing and negotiation. I talk about um, how to reach out to clients, like things that help everyone out on the internet. Trust me that I know what I'm talking about, but also I'm a real human because I'm sharing all of these other things too. Um, and then sell, because if you're constantly selling, people also are gonna be annoyed at you. So you need to like strategize it in ways that actually show who you really are. And it feels weird to have structure to it, but also it's been a complete game changer. My sales have been so much better. My engagement has so much better, been so much better. And the cool thing about this method of no like trust is that you then can track what does well, what resonates with people. And then you can take that content and repurpose it in other ways. So if I saw that I did a reels an Instagram reels <laughs> and it did really well with my um, pricing and negotiation. And I think this is actually what you were talking about earlier. I actually made a carousel about it too. And so I did the exact same information from my stories and I turned it into a carousel post and it, it just like, it hits different people. People consume things differently. They consume things differently. And so then it reaches people differently and it's just working with the system that we have. Like, unfortunately the algorithm is like so frustrating at times and I get it, 
but like I'm trying to work with what we have to try to get the results that I want. I have like goosebumps over here because you literally are relaying all the same shit I talk about, especially in this new wave of I'm getting into more marketing. I'm passionate about community building and helping people grow the right audience. Like, know, and trust everything you're talking about right now. I talk about the three buckets of value. Are you, is your piece of content educating, inspiring, or is it entertaining someone? And give an ask, whether it's a sale or giving an ask for like prompting engagement, you know? So like everything you talk about, I like, I like how it's broken down into the buckets. So everything, and it's 11-11 right now too. I'm big into that number. So we were meant to talk about this. Yes. In my world. I know. Oh, that's so cool that you talk about that with your students too, in just a slightly different context. But I like that context you have right now too. That makes this even more actionable of what I talk about of how to build no like, and trust. You literally are, here's your buckets of no like, and trust. And here's a sell bucket. Every once in a while, you can give an ask. Right. I like that. That just makes it even easier now. I love that. Because as artists, our brains are just like all over the place. And it's really easy to just feel overwhelmed. Like, what on earth do I post today? Right? Mm -hmm. But if you have some framework, at least you're like, oh, yeah, today I can post a picture of my cat. Tomorrow, maybe I'll post a, you know, a reels that's like a process shot of me creating this piece of art. And the next day, I'm going to share a little blip about this passive product that I'm creating. It's like your it's your little buckets of interest that you like to operate in. Mine's like an empowering bucket. One day it could be an educational. This day it could be like a pizza. This day it could maybe be more family, but those would fall into like the no buckets and maybe likability if I do a silly ass pizza quote. So you have like your main little buckets you operate in and then they funnel within your little content strategy things. And I feel like you've really gotten to the point you know who you're talking to now. So yeah, I think th that alone is just like killer tips for anybody who's struggling to know what the hell to post. And I think over time, as you put stuff out, like you're going to get a pulse if this is working and then you repurpose it in a different way for people to consume. And then you purpose it in a different way. Maybe then if it performs well, it can become a lead magnet. Then if it performs well, it can become a small MVP product, minimal viable product. And then maybe it can come in a course. I'm taking over your world. Let's go into digital products. This is your like bread and butter world right now. And I think you even have like a dope ass course on it called happy money, right? Yes. This is like the kind of stuff you teach. Yes. Happy money, passive in from income for creatives. And this is what I teach. Um, I teach it to my students in Freelance 101. And then I have this smaller class, which is Happy Money. And it's all about producing passive income through digital product sales. Um, and there are methods that super duper work. A few of the things that we just talked about just now, like that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And I know it can feel kind of overwhelming as a creative, as being self-employed to be like, there are all these things on my list that I need to do. But just like any other job on this planet, like if you go into the world and you say, I want to be a self-employed, self-employed creative, like it's a, it's a real job. So there, there's a lot to do. And so I think trusting the people who know what they're doing and following through, at least trying those methods can be incredibly rewarding. It can save you a ton of time. Hopefully you don't have to go to art school and spend over $100,000 on an education like I did. So if someone was to get into it, so passive income in your digital products saved your ass this year. They saved my ass this year too, coupled up with like coaching. I, I had no idea doing my thing full time would lead into a pandemic and digital goods and services have helped me and my family put food on the table and get through a pandemic, oh survive and thrive. So yeah. I know this is super important because other people are out there and they feel like freelance is the only option. You got to rely on a safe day job or you have to go freelance. And it's not the case it's at not. all. That, like 
clearly freelance isn't my bread and butter. It wasn't, it was yours, but now you're in a different level. So who would this course be for? Cause I know I got to get myself into check and start consuming all of it as well. But who is this perfect person for someone out there? Who's like, doesn't want to rely on freelance or a safe day job. You know what? Um, that is one type of person it would be good for, but really it's this class is for any creative who wants to essentially break through um, income limits. So you could be a freelancer like myself, like I've blabbed on about my past. Um, I stumbled into passive income as a freelancer and I, I am so glad that I did. I stumbled into it at the very beginning of my career when I launched my um, calligraphy course with Skillshare and it completely changed my life. It completely changed my perspective. And like that, when we launched that course, that was the first year ever in my life that I made a six figure salary as a as a self-employed creative. And so that was a game changer. So for freelancers who want to be able to just have more freedom, take, so for me, I like, I technically don't take on freelance work, but I take on dream clients now. Only hell yes opportunities. Same. Only hell yes opportunities and having passive income allows for me to do that. So essentially it's like, if you are a freelance, um, if you want to become a freelancer and you have a side job to be able to fund your freelance work until you can build up your client list, think of passive income, like your side job. Like that's a great way to think of a side job, something to fuel that income. Or if you just don't even want to freelance, but say you're just getting out of high school and you're telling your parents, you're like, I want to be a content creator. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to do all of these things. And your parents are like, are you kidding me? Because that's also kind of like an unconventional job. This class is for you, right? Like you can, it's proven that you can produce income in this way. And it's like potentially limitless depending on your strategies and the way that you implement it. So it's really for any creative who just wants to not be constrained by billable hours. Like I do XYZ work and I make XYZ amount of money, right? Like you can make money at any time of day. Like I was able to reap the benefits of my digital product sales when I wanted to um, take a maternity leave when I had my daughter, which is kind of crazy. Like artists, it's awful. Like self-employed artists, do not always have that privilege to be able to take a maternity leave, which that's a whole nother conversation. It's super, super sad. Just to like inject real quick, my passive income for my digital product, the Side Hustlers Handbook this year, helped me cover my wife's 12 weeks maternity leave because she works for the government and still doesn't get it. So passive income helped me cover my wife's maternity leave. Yeah. And it's cool because you're taking that power back into your own hands. She didn't think she was going to get anything. And we were able, I busted my ass and we were able to make it a habit. And I was able to serve and make an impact on people I truly give a shit about. Oh my gosh. With the product. That's incredible. This is like the power of passive income right here with digital products. Yeah. It's really powerful. Not only because it helps us break past those limits, because there are so many limits out there for creatives, for anybody in terms of making money in the United States, maybe anywhere we now have like taken that power back, like as creatives, as YouTubers, as like bloggers, like any creative out there, like we have the power of the internet and we have the power of Wi-Fi, and it's incredible. And so you can take that power back and put it in your own hands. And hopefully like if you are in a place that you are more disadvantaged and you don't have access to like a really fancy camera, like I have to do an online class, like who the hell cares? You can use your iPhone or you can use like uh, like a flip phone that has a camera on it. People love that. Like that actually is very 
endearing and you can still make a ton of money if you film a class on your iPhone. Oh, that's right. I totally filmed my first calligraphy class on my iPhone, set it up on a box with like, a, I literally put a ruler in between two boxes, set it up. I didn't have an overhead cam. I filmed my whole calligraphy class with that. And I, I'm like, made six figures you got scrappy made whatever you had work for you and i think a lot of people get trapped in the limitation of i don't have the best of this and this and this and i'm like you can get scrappy just get scrappy like you can do it like you really don't and it's kind of cool because right now it's it's becoming trendy again to have like that like low res content Right, that wild in the world of 4K and 5K. Let's let's go get that grainy look. So, what can someone expect then for Happy Money? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna be pushing that for sure. Because I know the value of what it provided me. It helped me also get out of debt this year too with passive income. Oh my so gosh! So we, we if we have time, we can talk money too. But like, what can someone expect? Like a quick overview of what to expect from the course. Totally. So the course is it's going to be good for creatives. Like I said, pretty much any creatives who wants to break past those income limits. Um, you can be a total beginner to start it. You don't have to have digital products. You don't have to have a huge portfolio. Essentially what we do in the class, it's split up into different sections, innovate, build, market, and launch. So I help guide you through the process of creating a product that is going to sell to your key people because we've all heard of the, well, we haven't all heard of this. It's very common to hear of people putting so much time into a product and then not being able to sell it. And that's kind of the same it's very related to this idea that having the best portfolio, if you're a freelancer, is not what is going to get you work. It's one piece of the puzzle. So having a product is just one piece of the puzzle. You have to have these other steps or else it's not going to get in front of the people who want it, or it might not be a product that is geared to the right audience. So innovate coming up with that product, right? Market is creating your marketing plan using all of these tips that I talked about and then implementing it, creating your funnel. I know it's really salesy, but it works. But you gotta, you gotta turn the marketing switch on. You can't just be in creative starving artist mode. I know, and it helps serve more people. When you do implement those things, hopefully you can do it in ethical ways within the bounds that we have and try to navigate ethics. I digress. So innovate, um, oops, I jumped to market. Innovate, build, then we build a product. I give you some resources to help get your product built how to um, talk with investors if you want to work with an investor. Most of the people who take the class are solo artists, so they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily in the boat where they need to pitch to investors and then market and then launch, like how to launch your product, how to cultivate that community, which you're super good at. So you can still get it from there and I'll teach you maybe some other wrinkles. You, I need to like have you in on, you in on my, um, my, my freelance 101 class to like talk to some of my students, especially about cultivating the community because we have that in there and that's what you're super I, I owe you one anyway. So anytime. Cool. Yeah. And so launch, and then um, we create the framework to help do it again, create an evergreen product that can produce income around the clock. So you're not always having to launch. And um, that's like a really, really powerful thing because then it opens up space instead of you always creating products all the time you can create a certain product and then take time to actually push the product and get new leads, new eyes on it into your system, into the funnel system, the sales machine. Again, all this stuff sounds really icky, but it's this idea that you need to have these constant new leads, seeing your work and then sales psychology to be able to connect with the people that you actually wanna connect with and then have them say, yes, I need this product or I want this product or I will benefit from it. And then to actually share it with their friends and their community after they buy it or if they're going to buy it. 
So that's what we do in the class. It's super fun. <laughs> in depth, in depth. Here, let me take the guesswork out of it, eliminate the guesswork, hold your hand step by step of the way, and provide you a, a roadmap. Yes. Man. I want to respect the time. We might have to do like a round three soon to talk more money here in 2021. Mm, talk about debts. <laughs> talk about debt. I wish we had the time to talk another about time. this now. Yeah, another yes. time. Yeah, I can talk debt relief, but passive income, that's another big thing. Another big motivating factor to get her course. If you have debt you want to pay off or you want to save up for a down payment of your house, you got to get a new car or something like that passive income and just having smart money moves in general. And I really, I wanted to interject. I really value and appreciate the fact that you talk to your students about that because I think it's something that creatives don't talk about enough. Um, and it's really difficult. Like navigating money is super difficult and navigating debt is not fun. Paying off debt was the only reason I was able to make a leap this year. I still had debt, but like I freed up a lot of income. And when you free up your income, you give yourself freedom to take more risks and yeah, it was the best decision ever and <laughs> passive income. And you can feel like your basic needs are being met. So you're not just focusing on survival and then you can flourish in creativity and think about creative thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I think overall it's from teaching what you know. I wouldn't have been able to talk about this a year ago and the freelance world of what you teach and passive money. I mean, clearly you're an expert in it because you've been doing it for a while and it's something you believe in. I, I just hate the snake oil salesman of like, here's my Instagram course. Let me, I'll show you how I went from zero to a hundred thousand followers in three months and you can do it too. I'm like, ah, that's a big promise. You know, you're not making a big promise. You're making, I feel like you and me make long-term promises and we play the long-term game. Yeah. How to win in the micro so you can like thrive in the macro. For sure. And I mean, there are setbacks with that too. And I get it from all perspectives, like why people approach things in different ways. Um, and the thing that can make it difficult for us when we're in it for the long term and for slow growth and for like seeing these big results in the long term, um, it can be difficult just because of how quickly technology changes. But that's like also another conversation, but it's in something that I think about a lot in my own work. We're definitely gonna have to have a round three. So um, let's let's wrap this up with rapid fire questions. I feel like I've already asked you this one before, but what was your last slice of pizza be on death row? Is it changed? Is it still the same? My last slice of pizza, what would it be? If you were on death row, what would your last slice of pizza be? I can't remember what your answer was last time. Oh man, it was probably the same. It would definitely be a margarita pizza with pepperoni on it. Okay. If you were reincarnated, what would your new career path be outside of the design world that we're in right now? Mm -hmm. I'd be um, a sex and relationship therapist. Okay, I'm glad you finished it with relationship therapist. I wasn't sure where you're going to go with that one. Okay, why? Why? Uh, that's a long story. <laughs> okay, are you a big believer in like the five love languages kind of book? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely a believer in that. And I'm just a believer in in relationships and the power of relationships and communication. I think I have a lot of follow-up questions because I like that world. Um, what's, your, what's your love language? Oh, man, physical touch, but only from people that I want to touch from. I've got a lot of like love languages, but that's one of my main ones. Mine's words of affirmation by far. And that helps me like understand this other world I'm in, not just from a relationship standpoint with wifey, so. I can see that with you because you're also really good at giving others words of affirmation. I, I put out what I'd like to receive for sure. Reciprocate, I didn't know I was doing that, but yeah, that's definitely. Um, what was the first digital product you ever created again? The first one was actually Oh my gosh, it was either the Skillshare class or... Um, How about on your own then? This is one of the questions for Rapid Fire. Oh, uh, it was... Which font? Well, it was a font. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, which one was it? 
I think it was Kaylee by Great Lakes Lettering. Anyone can look it up, Great Lakes Lettering. It's still a thing. We still sell all of our fonts. We're still reaping passive income from our fonts that I made like a million years ago. That's powerful. Powerful. Just drill it in people's heads. Do you believe in life forms, paranormal, or any type of like aliens existing outside of our solar system? Mm. Or is it just us? I don't have enough information to say yes or no. But I, I want to believe. You want to believe? Okay, that's that's cool enough for me. What's the vision you see for yourself in the next five five years? Like, what's the carrot you're chasing right now? Oh, man. The, what are you going to be curious about? Or what's, like, in your brain, the seeds have planted that you're like, that is where I want to go someday? You know what? I think that the the seed that I'm planting is I am, I'm really looking for more contentment in all circumstances, good or bad. And so embracing the yin and the yang, all okay. circumstances. Life. So I'm not really working toward like I have goals. Yeah, for sure. But for me, the game changer is like finding joy in all moments. So that's what I'm I continue to in do all that. facets of life and not just your work, like full balanced happiness. For sure. I vibe with that. Uh, where can people go to follow you and support you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Molly Jakes, M-O-L-L-Y-J-A-C. Q-U-E-S, or you can find me at www.myartbiz.co, and that's where I sell all of my online classes, um, including Happy Money. Well, I will be sure to link all that up in the show notes. And Molly, thank you so much for taking the time to jump back on for round two. I promise you we will get round three. I mean, let's just keep this trend going. This is about that time of the year, but let's do it maybe a little bit sooner so it's not a full year from now. I would love that. Thanks for everything. I owe you one, and let's keep in touch. Thank you, Scotty. Thanks for having me on. Always. Peace. PC family, I hope you enjoyed this chat with my homegirl, Molly Jakes. Do what you do best. If you found value in what she had to say today, go blow her up right now on Instagram and share with her your biggest takeaways. Also, I got a special link over in the show notes uh, to her Happy Money course, and I would love to hook you up with that and get you linked up. So you can find the full episode link containing all the references like Happy Money and where to find her and support her that are mentioned in the show notes with your current podcast listening app. I'm trying to make it super easy for you to find. And if this show has helped you along your creative grind, could you do me a solid and leave me a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes? It takes a couple of minutes max, and not only does it help the show climb the charts in the arts design category, but it staples you in as a future listener of the week, and today's listener of the week is titled, Scotty's message is clarity, encouragement, and action, and this one comes from Mr. Mug from the US. They state, the messages Scotty puts into every podcast are truly the words that me and a whole lot of people need to hear. Concepts like showing up when it's not convenient and adopting a pro mindset really resonate with me. The biggest takeaway after listening is that we will feel uncomfortable, but have to accept and look forward to that what's on the other side is growth and change. Thanks, Scotty, for this podcast and making such a huge impact on so many creative lives. Mr. Mug, I appreciate you for taking the time to do that. It means more to me than you will ever know. And I hope you get a chance to do that for us as well. It just takes a couple minutes. Leave that rating and review and let me lock you in as a future listener of the week. And as I sign off, I want to give a huge shout out to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant, Paige Garland, video specialist, Colton Bacher, social media coordinator, Hannah Schick, and Nick Jenkins of Beluga for all the dope theme music you hear on this show. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to continue to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this.